at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. It ain't ever good enough. It ain't ever good enough. It ain't good enough. And they're still rolling off-season workouts right now, coaches' workouts. I think they're doing them four times a week. Wow. Um, I think they're like the coaches' stations, which is like what you think of as those workouts, I think are actually two times a week, like a little more typical of that type of workout. And then they're doing like, you know, just a another, like I think it's like um, like speed stuff. And I think that's two days a week, too, but all the coaches are out there. So, Do we have an official date of start of spring ball? I know Tulsa started theirs today, I believe. I don't think they're starting until after spring break. Do you think that's intentional? They want to get as much time in the weight room, do all this stuff before they yeah. hit the practice field? That's, that, sounds, that sounds right. I think it's... I think it's two or threefold. I think that, number one... They want to get as much work in in uh, the weight room and conditioning as possible. I think number two, it gives the coaches, the new staff, time to – because it's a whirlwind, right? Whenever you're taking the new job, you're trying to get your your family moved. You're out on the recruiting trail um, – you know, hot and heavy, there's not a whole lot of time to get your administrative stuff done as far as like what you need to do to get your your um, affairs in order before you start coaching the team. Like you've got to understand the offense and defense and the lingo, uh, lingo and all of that stuff as well. Uh, and then number three, get the players as far along in the system as possible before you start practicing, yeah, yet. no, it, it it really makes sense, man. And then maximize your practices. You you don't get a ton of them during spring. Maximize every single one. That's what this team's got to do, man. They've got to get fundamentally better throughout the spring, and the, yeah, which means putting yourself in the best situation to do so. So that's smart. And there's a, there's a lot of teams. I, I think most teams do it this way now, where. You have a couple of practices, maybe a week, sometimes a little bit more, and then you break for spring break, and then you come back and you you finish the rest of your practices and spring game after that. I think that whenever you're installing a new system or multiple new systems, offense, defense, special teams like they are, you don't want to – like, we're going to do our some install stuff out on the field, walk through stuff, with our availability now, get your spring break in and then come back and we'll get to work. Let's not go through a bunch of like true install practice stuff and then send everyone home for, you know, eight, nine, ten days before we get back out on the practice field and have to reteach some of that stuff. Like once we get started, let's roll right through it. I like that better. Sure. I read a, uh, I don't even know if you call it an article, it was a mailbag on The Athletic, and one of the questions to the writer was, hey, 
if you were a five-star prospect picking picking schools based on the ability to turn you into an NFL draft pick, where would you go? So each position, they responded where the best place would go to be a five-star prospect to turn into an NFL draft pick. Now, OU had one position on this list. If you had to guess where OU fell on this, where would you say? As a five-star? Yeah. Wide the, receiver. No, it wasn't wide receiver. The answer is going to surprise you. Let me go down the list first. Okay. Quarterback was USC. I'm guessing that's you know all about Muleshoe. I'd argue, though, that OU is going to be in great shape moving forward for a quarterback to go into the NFL draft because I still think the quarterback play is going to be really good, but we talked about you know biased in recruiting a little bit. Well, I think that you already see biased – in terms of some kids coming out of the SEC compared to other conferences, I think that's going to be even more enhanced now, especially for quarterbacks. Like, there's no doubt you are going to go up against the best defensive competition in all of college football. I think it's going to give some of these really good quarterbacks in the SECs a little bit of a bump than, you know, some quarterback yeah. playing in the Big Ten or the Pac-12 or the ACC. I think there's, I think there's some – probably some truth to that. I I may be a little bit different. To me, when it comes to quarterback, I don't think it matters where you go, honestly. Um, I think some coaches and some systems are going to highlight their quarterback more than others. But if, if you can play, you can play. Like, for instance, what was last year's – quarterback draft class last year's quarterback draft class was Zach, Jones. W- Zach Wilson out of BYU, BYU Mac Jones out of Alabama uh oh my gosh uh Trey Lance out of North Dakota States who, see my point uh Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson yeah I it's it's almost always scattered and I think this year is going to be the same right you're going to have Kenny Pickett from Pitt you're going to have I just I don't I don't think it matters at quarterback. Now, you may have years where a school stacks up some draft picks at a at a at the quarterback spot, but I don't know, man. I think I think quarterback is the real uh position where the cream is going to rise to the top. Running back was Wisconsin. Yeah, that okay. makes sense. Wide receiver, your guess was actually Ohio State. Now, yeah. they're going to have two dudes in the draft this year. They, they put out some wide receivers here recently. Tight end is Iowa. That makes sense. They've been putting out some yeah. tight ends in the league. Offensive line, Alabama. Mm-hmm. So, OU is on this list. And, again, the list is, if you are a five-star prospect, the best place to go for your position to turn into an NFL draft pick. Defensive line, OU. Huh. And that shocked me. I would not have thought in a million years – that someone would have given OU credit for uh, does it for have defensive a, line. Does it have a blurb there? It it does. Uh, can you believe that Oklahoma is making an appearance on this list on a defensive position? Well, the Sooners lost out on quarterback because their coach left, so they should be able to absorb the resume of their new coach. And Brent Vittables really knew how to put together an elite-level defensive line while at Clemson. Looking back at the 2019 draft, the Tigers had three D linemen picked in the first round. Brian Breesey will also be a first-round pick one day. If I were a five-star defensive lineman, I'd want to play for a defensive-minded head coach who has a history of producing NFL draft picks. 
It also doesn't hurt. He was one of the faces that defined the defensive renaissance for one of America's best programs. Hmm. That stands to reason. I We haven't had just an overwhelming amount of five-star defensive linemen at Oklahoma, but the ones, the few that we have have been, had a pretty good hit rate, right, at NFL? Tommy Harris was a really good player. Uh, Gerald McCoy was a Both really good player. Picks. I mean, those are the those are the one and two guys that you think of immediately. We had a couple other guys in there that were, were five-star guys that, that didn't have as much success, but... I guess that I guess that's that stands to reason. I think the I think it's taking way too much. Like Oklahoma doesn't have a four year history or a five year history, you know. Um, like I think it I think it goes back a little bit deeper than that. I mean, we've got a a really good track record of putting receivers into the NFL, and I don't think that's going to change. Yeah, no, I, I don't either. I, I refuse yeah. to believe that OU's just going to fall off a cliff offensively. I I think they're going to be better offensively next year than they were last year. Hey, but I'll take that. That's maybe the first positive thing that we've heard. Seriously. No, that's best-case scenario right there. <laughs> right. Defensive line, let's go. Backer was Georgia, uh, DB, LSU. They call themselves DBU. I think for a couple reasons they could call themselves DBU, but whatever. <laughs> Here's the point, though. And it leads to maybe a little bit of a deeper conversation. Yeah, Brent Vittables turned out great defenses, great defensive line play at Clemson. I'm of the belief that if it's possible at Clemson, it's possible at OU. History definitely tells us that's the case. And I know that college football is maybe, you know, it's a lot different than what it was 30 years ago. But I still contend, man, if BV can bring elite defenses, the best defenses in college football to a program like Clemson, I absolutely 100% think that he can replicate that defensive success here. Now, it's not going to happen overnight, and it's going to take some time to do that, but I think that that – I don't think that we're setting our sights too high at all if we think that OU can become one of the premier defenses in all of college football here in the coming years. Right. I – I don't I don't think there's any doubt that they can. Now style's going to have a lot to do with it and I I would love to be in a in a meeting to overhear Venables and and Lebby talking about OU's offense and like what what Venables wants that to look like as far as tempo and and playing complimentary football, yeah, you know, I, I think the because Levy's going to run some up tempo stuff. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna run some some fast offense. I just wonder if there's a conversation about limiting that, or if it's going to be a game by game feel. Oh no, it's it's interesting. I think they'll pick and choose their spots. I think they'll go slow at times in in the second half when they're wearing somebody out on the run game. I don't. I mean. You may MC go up tempo a little bit to catch someone on their heels, but I think it's going to be – I think they're going to pick and choose their spots really when to go up tempo. And I yeah. think that's the I think that's the right way to go about it. Don't corner yourself just kind of into one thing offensively. Be multiple. That's what the best teams are doing right now. Be able to do both. Be able to slow it down and be able to go up tempo and right. get someone on their heels. I, I, I think that's the way to go – I think that's the way to do it. No, I agree. I agree 100%. I mean, that's interesting – Whenever you look at that list, 
Southern Cal, Iowa, Wisconsin, Bama, um, Ohio State, OU, Georgia, LSU. I wonder if they made it a point to not double up anywhere um, because you could make a a pretty good case to double up on some spots. Yeah, for Alabama? Absolutely. Uh, Running back maybe, but I don't know. That's that's interesting. You definitely want to be on that list, and of all of those coveted spots, I would want the D-line, but that is a – that's a purely hypothetical there. Like, thank you for including us on the list, but uh, long way to go. Long way to go long before to we go. see that that sure. come out. Which I don't even. We don't even have a five star defensive tackle on roster right now. And LSU, Georgia, Bama, pretty much everyone on this list does except for us. Oh, buddy, <laughs> there was a story that I read last night. Uh, here's the here's the headline. Alabama's 2022 roster is loaded with five-star talent, especially when you look at the industry comparison. So in the story, Bama has at least one five-star prospect at every offensive and defensive position except one. <laughs> That's nuts. And I wonder what position that is. <laughs> it's, I wonder what it is, honestly. Running back, maybe? Uh, man. Wide out? That's crazy. And – it doesn't just say one. It says at least one. Uh, there's probably like whenever you look at the, the the like the D line, the line of scrimmage, or the front seven. I think it's loaded with five star talent. There are position groups where there's a five star quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, offensive line, defensive line, outside backer, edge, uh, linebacker, corner, and safety. Well, what's the position where they don't? I I I um. I don't Kicker? know. <laughs> safety, I guess, is what, well, it, what it is. Isn't the safety the last position Yeah, you said? safety is listed. Tight end's even listed. But this guy says that there's one, and he's making everyone guess and not telling them. This is kind of annoying. Hmm. It must be kicker. Kicker. That's got to be it. Um, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a huge, huge, huge edge. And you got to make that up somehow, man. That's what we're going to be up against. But uh, I think we're – I think we're on the right track. I really like the direction of, of of how this first two months has gone. And you know, time will tell. I think next season, depending on a couple of variables, I think there's a chance that we could have a a pretty good football team. Pretty I expect good. them to have a really good football team. And I don't man, I, I really want to emphasize this. Like, that needs to be the expectation. This yeah. program is built on expectations. Like, yeah, it's year one. There's a lot of turnover. But, man, there's no reason why this team can't still win 11 games next year. And I, I guarantee you, Brent Venables wants the expectations to be there. That's healthy for a program, man. It's healthy for even with all the change to still expect OU to be really good next year. Right. So I don't, I don't really want to see any fans be like, yeah. I mean, it's year one. We'll accept eight and four. No, eight and four is never okay around here. Right. Like you're still going to be better than every single team that you play. If you had an incredibly tough schedule, then yeah, maybe you alter expectations a little bit. You will be better than every single team that you face. The expectations should not change. I might even say, Teddy, that the expectation should be to make the playoff next year. 
You really I, I think it probably with is. all the change, again, it really is a golden opportunity next year to get back to the playoff with who you have to play next year. I agree with that. I I think it I honestly think that that is the expectation. And what a recruiting pitch that would be. And they're already doing great things out there right now. But that you could be able to sell that year one, you roll in there and you go to a playoff your first year, and maybe you're a whole lot more competitive in that semifinal game than you've been in the past. I mean, yeah. that erases, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of doubt about the future with these recruits, but you do that, that erases any kind of doubt on what the future is going to look like. Uh, I uh, totally, totally agree. And I, I do think there's, I, I think we have to be, even though you probably won't see it, at least not for a little while, I think we have to be a huge favorite to win the Big 12. And if you do that, I still think it puts you in an excellent opportunity to make the playoff. So, yeah. I, they should be, but will be. Was, I, I think um, there will be a lot of people picking Baylor this offseason. Which is fine. I'm sure there will even be some Texas votes in there. That's okay, I, too. You know, I really like Baylor, and I like their I like their staff. I like both their offense and defensive systems. But I just – I don't know if – I don't know if they've got the talent. Like, defensively, they're going to be losing some really, really good players. But they got some coming back, too. I don't know. Um, I like that we play them at home. That's I think that's going to be a really good game. And I'm still saying, man, I think I think Kansas State is kind of the the scary team. Not in a sense like Kansas State's going to go win the Big Twelve and be a college football playoff contender, but they could be someone that really ruins the season. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'd like to play them later in the season, just because. They're not going to catch you off guard late in the year if they're actually what you think that they're going to be. You know what I mean? Is that our, that's our conference open. Conference, oh yeah. Like like to play them kind of later on in the season, but whatever. Yeah. All right, that's quick fine. timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on. Teddy and Tyler telling it like it is. Whether it's what you want to hear or not, every day sports radio network. Havens Construction, bringing you hour number two of the rush on this Tuesday. Emergency repairs, remodeling, roofing, water restoration, facility maintenance. Yeah, Cavens does it all. Give them a call, 405-573-3048 Tulsa. You can give them a call, 918-282-7612, Cavens Construction. I don't know if you've noticed, and I'm sure no one cares about this, but we just uh, got OEC Fiber at the station today. Have I noticed? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Oh, it's, like, amazing. I've never had OEC Fiber, or Fiber, for that matter. I feel like it's finally Uh, okay to say that Cox Internet sucks. Yeah, well, that's what I have at our house, and it goes out all the time. It's great. Uh, God bless you, David Goodspeed. We've got OEC Fiber right now, and it's uh, it's changed my work life, that's for sure. Uh, Less stress. It's amazing. It is amazing. Too blessed I, to be stressed now over here. I noticed it right away. I could tell something was just a little different. 
<laughs> Text line. Saban might beat Sark by 50 next year, especially after Sark t- uh, took so much of his staff from Bama to Texas with him. Yeah. Guy, you talk about a bad time for Texas to be playing Alabama this year. On one hand, you could say, all right, well, it's year two. This is a measuring stick game, but Bama's going to be loaded this year. You're coming off a 5-7 and seven season. I'm sure Texas is regretting that home and home about now. Here's the thing. Texas, they will probably play one of their best football games of the year against Alabama. Like they did against LSU, the year LSU won the title and God almost knocked them off. Yeah. Um, You know, that year they played Notre Dame and Notre Dame – I think they fell apart later. They that were year, like a four-win team yeah. that season. Um, but I, you know, Texas, they'll they'll try and show up for the for the big games from time to time. But it's it's all the other stuff where they expect everyone to lay down and roll over for them. But uh, yeah, that's that's the second game of the season for them. They play Louisiana Monroe in the opener, and then. Bama's coming to town. They're going to bring a ton of fans to that game, I'm sure. Sure. And it's – yeah, that's going to be – I bet, what, prime time? You think that'll be a night kick? Um, is, yeah, I would guess that that's probably an ABC night game. Most of, the, most of the really good non-con games are in week one this year. So, I'm sure Bama, Texas – yeah, yeah, that one gets the nod. Unless no, – those will, those will look pretty good ratings. picked it up for big noon. <laughs> yeah, I think Bama will be like, uh, nep. here's our middle finger to an 11 a.m. kickoff on uh, Fox. Have, right. have fun with that. Matt says, we definitely aren't on the list for safety. It's 4.13 p.m. and Pat Fields is still whiffing on tackles. Dang. Yeah, well, I kind of like our – now, this goes both ways. I'd like – our talent at safety right now, but I'm worried about our inexperience. You know? What specifically do you like about the talent at safety? You like some Key Lawrence? You actually think he's going to be out there on the field this year? I do. Um, I guess, I mean, maybe there's a chance they keep him at corner. I don't know. Um, Gives you size out there. Uh, I like that we've got some ranginess, uh, ranginess <laughs> at safety. Um, we've gotten a little bigger at that position recently. I like that. But I really don't care about body type as much as I care about results. Like Turner Yell was shorter, and I don't know what his 40 time was, but the fact remains we were – Way better defensively whenever he was out. I don't there. feel like he, he got. I don't feel like he got the credit he deserved while no. he was here. I, no. He's a really good football player. He's been the. He was the best tackler on our defense for pretty much every year he was playing back there. Yeah, Peyton sh- uh, says Texas always shows up for big games, just like both Maryland games. <laughs> Fair point. Yeah, and, and the Kansas games. Great thing about SEC opponents is their fans roll into town around Wednesday before the game. I assume LNC will be the spot for RVs. 
Yeah, especially the first time around that Bama comes back, that'll definitely be true. Georgia, that will be true. Like the big-time programs with big fan bases, yeah, that'll happen. I feel like that happened when Ohio State was here. They had a, a bunch of RVs. Sure. They had a um, pep rally. Was That's it right. in the LNC? In the or LNC? By, it was it in the LNC? They rented it out. Oh, my gosh. They rented out the LNC we and like, had a Whoa. pep rally. I, I remember that. Um, yeah. That's it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Now we host Georgia in twenty three, correct? Uh huh. Is that game subject to change depending on our entry into the Southeastern Conference? Let's say we don't go until twenty four. They still gonna play that Georgia game? Yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't. Yeah, I don't either. I'm just. I mean, it's uh, it's already on the schedule. I mean, you're not. Yeah, one. I feel like one way or one way or another, OU's going to play Georgia in 23. The only question is, is it going to be a non-conference or a conference game? Right. That they scheduled that one knowing full well that was going to be a conference game. After the Bama game, Texas has to play UTSA the very next week. UTSA was really good last year. Yeah, they lost one game. Their only loss was to your boy Seth Luttrell in North Texas last year. Yeah, they were good. And who did they play? Didn't they play a pretty decent bowl game opponent? They uh, It was like the first responder bowl. It was the, fr- the bowl game in Frisco, I want to say. Yeah. Is that the one Toby called? Toby and Gabe? Uh, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't remember. San Diego State, 38-24 loss. Oh, well, but is that what they were in the first responder bowl? A tropical Smoothie Cafe oh. Bowl in Frisco, yeah, yes. Well, it's close enough. Basically the same thing. Yep. Measuring stick on if this is new or same old UT is how Texas plays UTSA week after Bama game. Right. They're no slouch, yeah. Uh, R.J. Washington was a five-star, true. Yep. I believe Jamarcus McFarland was as well. Yep. Who will OU's biggest rival in the SEC be besides Texas? I think that I think that depends on the division or pod system. Yeah. I think no matter no matter how – I think LSU is a very natural fit for that spot. OU fans will want it to be Bama, though. I because you respect Alabama, um, they're not the most, you know, ridiculous fans of all time. There's a lot of similarities there. You can relate to them. OU fans will want it to be Bama, but Arkansas fans will think it's them. A and M fans will think it's them. LSU fans might think it's them. So it's probably going to be. There, I don't feel like there's going to be a clear answer to that. To that question, I agree. I, I think that naturally. It's uh, if Arkansas continues the trajectory that they're on in all of their sports, that one feels like a pretty natural progression, doesn't it? More than we want to admit, because I think when we think of Arkansas, it's like, okay, we're not going to lower ourselves to Mm -hmm. acknowledge Arkansas as a legitimate rival. But I'll give them this, man. They uh, they're passionate and they show up and they're loud and they're engaged and. I don't ever think, unless Arkansas becomes a national power, which I don't think is happening, I don't think that OU will actually ever recognize Arkansas as a true rival. Though you're right, like it, it would make a whole lot of sense with the proximity. Well, one of the problems with uh, who we're going to allow to be our, our rival is you have to play them every year, right? Yeah. And I just don't know that we're going to get 
one of the teams that we'd like to manufacture a rivalry with. Now, we already have some deep hatred for Louisiana State. We don't even have to build a rivalry on that one. That one's going to be, at least on our end, a hated opponent no matter when we play I wonder if a uh, different level of OU fan is going to come out in that game in Norman the first time LSU comes here. Uh, OU will be cool to every other fan base, but LSU, I don't know, maybe you get a different type of OU fan that weekend. I hope so. It's a good possibility, and depending on when that game is and like what the situation is around it, it may be like a one of those things where you welcome someone into your home and then you shut the door and lock it because you're about to uh <laughs> about to give them the business like I feel like it's it's going to be okay come on in and once you see how that game's going and if you get in control of it oh, yeah. out come the wolves oh yeah yeah ah, it sounds fun just talking about it doesn't it it does so refreshing that we don't have to see Kansas bring 12 fans anymore or Tech bring in eight fans anymore. I'm looking, man. I The Big 12 is definitely the best basketball conference right now, but SEC is playing good basketball, man. Auburn, Arkansas, Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, all in the top 25, all It's gotten really better good. as a basketball league. There's There's no doubt about it. Yep. It's it was really bad there for a time when really Kentucky was your only good yeah. team and then maybe occasionally Florida, but it's it's grown a lot. It's and, and Bama will continue to get better with that new arena too. Yep, I agree. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. It is the rush on the ref. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get into it. Story number one is. Uh, we got to go to Ukraine. And I saw something interesting today, which I think yesterday or maybe it was the day before uh, Marco Rubio put out some tweets. And I think he was responding to questions about Putin. And he said something's off. And he's not acting the way that he normally has over the last five, six years, however many. And then I saw today, I guess, Nancy Pelosi was kind of asked the same question. And she said, some people think he's suffering from like COVID brain fog. Others think he has cancer. There's been speculation that the past two years, there's there's something that really happened. But the problem is, it's like, I, how can you confirm that when it comes to Russia and when it comes to Putin, you know? Hmm. Like, it's all just like rumor coming out of there. You think they've already killed him and it's a body double? It could be. I like that theory. But I like the COVID brain theory even more. I'm going to start using that as an excuse when I do dumb things. Guys, it's the COVID brain. I mean, seriously. COVID brain, Come COVID on. fog. Which I must have had uh, COVID back when I was like eight, nine years old because I've been suffering from it ever <laughs> since. Um, how about this? Shaquille O'Neal used to haze rookies by when they were in the restroom, he would pour bodily waste on them. Mm, that's nice. 
What do you think about that? Uh, I think that that's the lowest and absolutely most disrespectful thing that you could possibly do, especially for a guy like Shaq who, I mean, what are you going to do? He's the most giant guy in the NBA. He's the most giant guy on the team. It's, pun intended, it's extremely crappy to do that. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, If you're a rookie – and you don't do something about it, uh, get ready to continue to have stuff like that happen. I I would lose it if that happened. I remember whenever I was in Detroit, one of the things John Kitna used to do is during meetings, like if someone was in a bathroom stall, um, he would – fill up like a Gatorade jug and dump water over the bathroom stall onto people that, when they're man. in there. And it sounds like a summer camp. Yeah. Um, now they, he typically kept it to like the offensive guys and like the quarterback group. But I'm telling you, I, I was, I was like, just please do it. Please, yeah, I don't know a how reason. a guy like that. I mean, he's. Um, I don't. I understand that he had a receding hairline at the age of eight years old, and well, that it really was never stopped. Uh, no, that was John Kitna worse than you. I but, think. You know what? I think he shaved his head, but had a full head of hair. <laughs> think about that. I, I don't know. The, the hairline always seemed to fall back for that guy, but yeah. he wasn't very physically imposing, so I'm surprised that he got away with it as much as he did. I know. I Well, you know, whenever you're the quarterback on a football team, I guess. you're – especially in the NFL, it's like if you go and punch the quarterback, you're going to get cut. It doesn't really matter who you are, right? So, But I thought that was crazy, and like Shaq is a far different story than John Kitna, right? But – that I thought that was insane. Uh, you got any more? Uh, no, that was just the the quick two I had. Okay, uh, I got quick two as well. First, UL Lafayette, they really care about college baseball sure. down there. I think they beat LSU last week, maybe. Anyway, they had a $2 beer night at the stadium, and the fans drank the baseball stadium dry out of $2 beer by the bottom of the first inning. <laughs> I don't know how much $2 beer that the UL Lafayette Whoa. concession stand had, but however much it was, yeah, it was gone by the bottom of the first inning. It sounds like all they bought was a 30-pack of Bush Light and oh, sold them for $2 man. a beer. man, is that not crazy? It, yeah. And I know that's not a – like, that's a pretty good price, but is it crazy that we're excited about $2 beer? Uh, no, I'd be I'd be incredibly excited about two dollar beer, no matter what the flavor is. It used to be penny beer night, and then everyone's like the most common ad for most of my life was dollar long necks, right at the bar. But that's pr- hey, impressive, proud of them. I'll be honest, I haven't looked into this entire story. I just kind of know the uh, basics of it. Mm-hmm. But I guess the WNBA fined the New York Liberty $500,000, which was down from $1 million for taking chartered flights last season, which was against the CBA rules. Option floated by the league's general counsel includes possible termination of the franchise. 
Instead of taking commercial flights? I guess so. $500,000 is what they want to find the organization. That's interesting. I guess I guess the theory is it is a uh an unreasonable competitive advantage for organizations that can't afford to do it. So everyone should travel commercially if not everyone can do charters is that the guess is that the theory either that or it's a COVID issue as to why they're mad well it can't be COVID because I I, I, no I'm with COVID's it's got to be a competitive advantage thing but yeah it's seriously you're going to eliminate a franchise Uh, you're already you're already a struggling league I'm guessing, but that's crazy. I'll do one more here. The NFCA softball rankings are out. No surprise. OU's at number one. They get all 32 first place votes. Yeah. Bama is at two. Uh Florida State at three. Florida at four. UCLA at five. Yeah, you already beat them. Virginia Tech at six. Washington at seven. Oklahoma State at eight. Arizona at nine, Sooners run ruled them, and Kentucky at ten. So OU already sitting with two top ten wins heading into uh, week four of the season. A quick question building off of that. Who has the best number one pitcher overall? Is it Ball, Sander Cock, or Montana Fouts? Washington's got Gabby Plain as well. Um, the answer here is Ball or Sandercock. Mm-hmm. Um, you gotta gotta get the edge to Sandercock until proven otherwise, right? It's true. I think so. Yeah. No, it's OU and Alabama. You got got see if they can. Fouts. Uh, Montana Fouts is really good. Had an early exit from the tournament last year. Uh, I feel like, but Bama's Bama's gonna be tough. I feel like there's for some reason a a bias against Sandercock with you. Why? I don't know. I've acknowledged you're, you're, many times that Sander Cock is one of the best pitchers in the game. Yeah, but you're downplaying. I'm not downplaying it at all. How good FSU's going to be this year? Don't you remember their head coach wearing um, like the triple hoodie in June? Dude, I know, like the hottest time in Oklahoma. Like, are you crazy? And it's not just tough. I, is the humidity so bad in Tallahassee that it actually felt cool here? In Probably. June? And do am I remembering right? Did she play at OU? Their head coach. I know Florida's head coach did. Yeah, what was that? What was that? She had some connection to OU, I think. Yeah. Hey, by the way, before we hit the break, I have two more tickets to give away to tonight's game. So, yeah, text Air Comfort Solutions to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. They're giving us uh, the tickets. Six tickets to give away today. Look at us. Nice. 651-3439. Text me if you want to go to the basketball game. I got two more tickets to give away. Text Air Comfort Solutions to 405-651-3439. I'll get you hooked up. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. This is The Ref Sports Radio Network. Our promise is simple. We're the best. You're simply the best. We promise you all the best. Hour number two of The Rush. Give them a call today if you need emergency repairs, remodeling, roofing, water restoration, and a whole lot more. 405 573-3048 573-3048 toll, so you can call them 918-282-7612. Appreciate Air Comfort Solutions for giving us six tickets today to give out for the basketball game. Hope everyone that's received those tickets enjoys the game tonight, and uh, obviously OU gets a big-time victory. Let's go to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, by the way. 
Uh, by the way, Putin cured COVID. It doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> I'm from Louisiana, and I'm surprised it took that long for ULL to run out. Yeah. Well, I wonder how many were like how many their stadium holds and how many people. It were looked there. like a pretty big park. From huh. from what I could tell. Nice. It's usually eight fifty at those dang games. That's from Peyton. That's the truth. Yeah, they probably are like that was kinda that was impressive, but we should have done four dollar beers. <laughs> you know? I'm sure they'll do that next time. Some college football news that really was under the radar, but the contract extension for Chip Kelly was released today. He got a four-year, $22 million extension in this offseason. Hmm. His buyout is pretty large as well. Now, I think UCLA went 8-4 and four last year, so a pretty good year for them. We talk about Dan Lanning. We talk about Kyle Whittingham at Utah. Could UCLA, in fact, be a huge thorn in the side to USC? Yeah, I think there's a chance of that. I, you know, it is interesting, last year – what they had an opportunity at one point what were they like 6 7 and 0 oh at one point weren't they and it looked like okay uh this UCLA team looks like they may be for real who did they play early on that was a good win for them they LSU beat they beat LSU, beat LSU. Week that's one. right that's when uh, remember coach O was like the UCLA yeah. fan was yelling at him come on down here with your sister blue shirt and yeah. UCLA yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of dominated him yeah, I think that Chip Kelly has slowly chipped away. Ooh, um, wow. Nice job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't do that on purpose, which is I, – I don't I, – that's a, that's a bad thing. But I think he's done done a pretty good job there. They've, they've recruited okay, ended up 8-4, and four, which is his best season there. But I think they still got – problems you know they've still got to figure out a way to to be better on the line of scrimmage but yeah we'll see they've got a they're at Oregon next year at Arizona State so is that USC game in Pasadena or in Watts it's it's a home game for them okay so wherever they play that um all right quick timeout more from the rush coming up final hour is next Hey, Sooner fans, we've got you covered 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365.